Good morning. <clears throat> you swallow something the wrong way. <laughs> Do you love the Lord this morning? <clears throat> Father, we are grateful for your presence. We're grateful that you are a God that refuses to allow us to stay the same. And no matter how difficult or how hard it is to change and to grow, you still refuse to allow us to stay the same. We're thankful for all the things you're busting up so that we can be prepared to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, that temple that is responsible to accomplish your purpose in this city and on this earth. Thank you, Lord, for such great pastors, uh, great parents who love you and who are called according to your purpose. Lord, we, we honor them before you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a seat. Anybody, um, who, who was here last week? <clears throat> Anybody was here last week? I need some water or something. <clears throat> Someone went down the wrong way. <clears throat> and one way could go down, but uh, <clears throat> wasn't right when it went there. Elder Yule is um, representing Bishop at a different church today. I wish he was here so that I could uh, 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 thank him for that uh, natural bone uh, tail kicking from last week. That good? Thank you, Mom. I really appreciate you. You're, yes, you get the pastor's blessing today. I appreciate you. <clears throat> Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate you. Um, uh, anybody, anybody got a natural bone tail whooping last week? Don't, don't, don't worry. You in good company. Go on, raise your hand. You got a natural bone tail whooping. That's all right. The rest of y'all should have raised y'all hand. That's all right. We're going to get it again this morning. We're going to look. To make sure that everybody got it. I got it. We're good. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> Appreciate you. Thank you, sir. <clears throat> I really want to look really quickly. I just want to run down some of the things that, that uh, Elder Yule talked about because I think it's important that we connect everything from where we, from where we were to where we're going. That good? And so I think it's important that we see very clearly what it is because we want to be, we want to be uh, um, a, a heart that is worthy of, of the presence and the purpose of God. We're, re, we're, we're re, re, uh, re, re, renovating, which means we have to demolish those things that are not like God so that we could build things up that God would, would, would like to build. That good? So I just want to do a couple of reminders for those of y'all who don't come to church every Sunday. That's all right. I'm going to help you. And for those of us who are online at Facebook, a couple of my girls called me, hey, see y'all, I see that you ain't here. Yeah, I'm going to be big sister today, that all right? It's going to be what it is, it's going to be in a minute. He talked about strongholds. The most, he, he called it the most devastating weapon that the devil has is strongholds. Here's what strongholds are. Now, I'm not going to go into it real. I'm just going to run them down. So if you need to be, get your phone out, take a picture so you can make sure that you ain't got none of these in your life. That's all right. We're going to talk about it in a minute. 
strongholds are houses of thoughts energized by demonic energy. It's sort of like an evil anointing. Go on, can you put it up? Habit structures of thoughts that overrides the knowledge of God. Wrong motivations and attitudes that protect and defend a person's, a person's walk in the flesh. Collections of thoughts that are lies against what God has revealed himself in his word uh, to be. Mindsets impregnated with hopelessness that cause us to accept as to accept them as unchangeable situations that we know are contrary to God's will. Anybody got situations in your life that are contrary to God's will? I know I do. I'm done with that. We'll make sure we get done, make sure we get done with it this weekend. The characteristics, excuse me, of strongholds. They can be passed down from one generation to generation through the iniquities of our forefathers, can be built within us from deep hurts or wounds we have received. You think you, it's, it's just going to go away, uh, 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 but, but that pain that you sustained a few years ago is still with you and it's evident in the decisions that you're making and the way you're making them. And you figure just because somebody asked for forgiveness that it's over, but no, ma'am, no, sir, there's work to be done. Pain in relationships causes us to draw the wrong conclusions about love and life. Hidden pain from broken relationships can result in seeking pleasure to comfort ourselves in the flesh by seeking love and affection and food and TV and Netflix. Things that feed our souls in the wrong places. Stronghold uh, characteristics, they come through words that people speak over us. Mothers who overly criticize their sons, fathers who always respond in anger. Built, they're built by negative thinking patterns. You don't even know they're negative. They just automatically think them. I think I'm going to talk about that in a moment. If you believe you can't, then you can't. If you believe you're going to fail, then eventually... You will fail. If you believe that people will reject you, then guess what? You'll reject yourself before they ever get a chance. Strongholds come through soul ties, gangs, cutting buddies, club friends, the person that got you started with that addiction. Can't, can't even, you can't figure out why you can't get rid of that. You need to erase the number. They keep on finding you. They just, they just text you on, uh, 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 what is it, uh, messenger. That's what it is. Sliding in the DMs. God have mercy. Running into past relationships on the internet. Good gracious. Strongholds are fed and made stronger by Habits that become addictions, behavior that is repeated so often that it becomes involuntary. I don't know why I always did it. It just—it just happens that way. There is no decision of the mind because a strong hold has you on automatic pilot. When you have a habitual stronghold, it distorts your priorities. You, you make sure that certain things are in certain places at certain times so you can make sure you don't miss that TV show because your priorities are all out of whack. 
examples of strongholds. I know that I should not think critically about other people, but I know more than others. But I know more than others. That's what you think to yourself. I know that I get angry, but that's just how I am. How many of you I'm just doing me. Mm. Bad things always occur in my friendship. God does not want me to be happy and to have any friends. It's better to isolate myself. Hopelessness regarding unsaved children. You watch them on Instagram and your hope for them changing and coming alongside you to worship God just kind of dissipates. Disobedience to God in your own life. I'll just pray about it. As, and then prayer becomes a substitute for your obedience. I'm not, I am not smart, and I'll never succeed in school or, or in the job market. I can't open that business. Too many things that I need that I can't pay for right now. No, I'm just looking for somebody to catch their eye. I'll never be successful business person. I always flunk the test, and I'll never pass. I want to be used by God, but I am not anointed by not, I don't have enough anointing, but God can't use me. I can't live without my big gulp soda, my chocolate, my rice, my bread, and my iced tea. I can't live without it. What did you say, Mom? The coffee. Lord, gee, don't say that now. Nah. You better be glad he was here. I am not capable of having a good-paying job. I, I don't have any gifts and talents. God, to, uh, God to be the, you got to be the best in order to be accepted. These are, these are uh, uh, examples of strongholds. Uh, God to, uh, uh, I am only accepted if I get an applause or a recognition. So work, not my spiritual disciplines, become my main priorities. I don't have the energy or, or drive to get training. That's just the way I am. Pornography is okay because I'm not hurting anybody but myself. I know that being attracted to another man other than my husband is wrong, but we ain't do nothing. Just kissed and fondled a little bit. I'm just repeating what Elder Ewan said last week. I know that being attracted to another man's wife has, uh, was wrong, but we just sexed a few times. It's so funny. Uh, uh, Elder Ewan said it last, last week, and you know, I turned around, watched it, so people say, I want to sex. That's when you're sending pictures of your body parts. And uh, through text, thank you very much for the, 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 the little bit part, uh, so that a person can uh, get off on the pictures of you and you the other way around. That's what sexting is. If you can't talk about it in church, then you probably ought not to be talking about it. Here's my question really quickly, because I think as long as things are secret, as long as they have power. As soon as you expose them, then the power is null and void. It is annulled. 
So if you can expose that, that stronghold, then it can be defeated. And the challenge is th that we feel embarrassed by these strongholds, so we don't talk about them. We don't release them. We don't say, this is what it is. And I, I, I applaud your courage. Some of you came to the altar and said, you know what, I, I ain't going to be able to live that way. But really quickly, I'd like for you to just get in really quickly. I'm going to give you like two, three minutes. Three, two, three minutes, really quickly. Get in groups of twos and threes. I want you to know, wh which one of these is yours? Which ones of these do you know you need to get rid of? Put, you want to put the list back up there, the big one? I don't know. You can flash them every now and then. All right. Get in groups of twos and threes. You took the pictures, didn't you? No? Get in, I can't do this offensive. Get in groups of twos and threes. <laughs> there you go. And talk about which, where are your strongholds? Which of these things do you know the enemy has in your mind, in your emotions, in your decisions? I'm going to give you like a couple of seconds. Talk that through. Hope you sit next to somebody you can be honest with. Go ahead, Kenny. Put the list back up there. Put the uh, characteristics of a stronghold back up there, the whole one. Yeah, there you go. The characteristics, man. Could ready that video too, Ken. Those of you online, you can think about what things you keep doing that you can't stop. You can think about those things that keep coming back around, those habits and characteristics that the, you know the Lord isn't pleased with. What are those things that you know you've got to get rid of? That's what we're talking about here at Metro today. We're going to expose the enemy today. He will be defeated this here day. It's good. I love the buzz I hear. Good stuff. Make sure you let somebody else go. You can't do all the talking. Nah, huh? They waiting on you to hush. If, um, it's good. Let me try what they sue, uh, Crystal. Let's see what happened. If you hear me clap one time, if you hear me clap two times, if you hear me clap three times, good deal. Check this out. If you're anything like me, if you're anything like me, then you must have felt like this family when you, when you, when you understood what Elder Yule was talking about last week. Check this out. It's the, the video. All right, check it out. Stop it, sound. They found it. 
found dozens of animal carcasses hidden inside them. Word of warning, some of the information and images in the story may be disturbing to some family members. Kenny, will you start over really quickly? I want them to hear that first statement really quickly. Thank you. Now, a bizarre story from Schuylkill County. A family in the borough of Auburn is trying to clean out the walls of their home after they found dozens of animal carcasses hidden inside them. Word of warning, some of the information and images in the story may be disturbing to some family members. News Watch 16's Jackie DeTore is live in the Wyoming Valley Newsroom. Jackie? Yeah, Marisa and Scott, imagine just trying to renovate a room in your home. Then when you start hammering away, you find dozens of dead animals and artifacts filling the inside of those walls. It happened to a family in Auburn, and now they don't know what to do. Here is Betty's room. The Bretzius family was just trying to add some insulation to rooms in their home in Schuylkill County, but instead was already insulated with this. Dozens of dead animal carcasses, half-used spices, and other items filled behind layers of drywall. We were shocked, horrified, and disgusted. Kaya Bretzia says they first found animals in the walls back in 2012 and have been removing the items ever since. The dead animals were all wrapped in old newspapers from the 1930s and 40s. She says they got a home inspection before they bought the place in Auburn. The inspector didn't find a thing. We got the radon inspected. We did everything. We got, you know, we didn't know to look for chickens. The family says when they bought this home back in 2011, it was their dream home because they weren't going to have to do any work. But now, that's all they've been doing. It's been horrifying because it has completely drained our savings. The horror in the wall isn't covered by insurance since the stuff was there before the family bought the policy. So they have to fix the issue and pay for it themselves, costing around $20,000 so far. And this is all brand new. After the family removed the items, they wanted some answers, so they sent hundreds of the artifacts and carcasses to an expert in Cutstown. Now the family might know why someone would put such crazy things inside a wall. What they call powwowing or, or Dutch magic, where they use this to heal ailments. But knowing why the stuff was there doesn't make it any easier. The mold caused almost everyone in the family to get sick, and the smell won't go away. The family isn't even sure if all of the dead animals are out of the house. But we don't have the finances or the resources to rip out the tub wall where they're still there. Now the family says they still want to tear down some of those walls, especially in the bathroom, to check if there are any more dead animals. But since insurance won't cover it and they've run out of money, they've started a GoFundMe account. If you want to find that link, it's on our website, WNEP.com. Jackie DeTore, News Watch 16, reporting live in the Wyoming Valley Newsroom. This is hard. Thank you, Jackie. I'm finding the inspector and I'm suing somebody. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, they got to go. Because you're going to inspect the house and find. What the? Dead animals. Listen, the animals were wrapped neatly inside of cloths and newspaper and placed in the walls of the house. And he found out that it had something to do with some kind of magic that helped with in, supposed to help with uh, ailments and things like that. So somebody was doing something demonic in that house. And it was, and it was several, several, many years that those animals were, and they never would have known if they didn't renovate. They never would have known that if they didn't try to go in there and bust some stuff up, 
what things were lying down deep on in, inside of there. Kenny, I want to do that first scripture at the top of my notes. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. I want to remind you of something very important. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, very simply it says, Do you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. My God. was looking on the internet yesterday and uh, I want to remind you of a powerful team of people. Now, it is in this order that this team is powerful, all right? Remember, just giving you a little something, whatever your profession is, whatever your gift, your talents are, whether you be student or business person, this group of, this team of, of, uh, of um, entities are, are very important for you to have, and it's in this order. That is the Holy Spirit, yourself, and Google. I promise you was thinking about this and praying about this and the Lord talked to me a couple of days about it but I didn't quite figure out how I was going to do it then the Lord, myself and Google got together and we found this picture got my picture Jack Ken technical difficulties this is what I found on the DIY online there it is, the picture says Building a strong foundation in how many steps? You know that's my number. But you know why it's my number, right? Because it's something that I love to talk about. I am before this life is over. I promise you I'm going to be an expert in the power of the blood of Jesus. And uh, I've been growing and changing in this area since I read uh, Pastor Cassiano's new book. I book is called Just One Drop. We were giving it away a couple of uh, weeks ago. You can get it online. It's really quick. It's a really small book, really dope book. And uh, in reading it, I learned some things. But here's what I'd like to see. Put it back, Ken. It's, the, it's that foundation part, that strong foundation part that I want to concentrate on today. Once we demolition and, 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 and demolish everything that needs to be torn down in God, before we build up the great structure that will house the presence and the purpose of God, that we must go and hit a target regard, we got to make sure that that foundation is sure. Watch the movie. It's called the A Case for Christ. Anybody ever seen that movie? It's on Netflix, just in case you haven't seen it. It's a really dope movie about a very cynical um, 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 journalist whose, um, whose wife found Jesus. And don't worry, I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story, and don't worry, I ain't telling you too much, right? So she finds Jesus because she go, they go to this restaurant, and it's the family is there, and they go into this restaurant, and her child swallows something that was too big and is, and, it, and is choking. And there is a nurse that's in the restaurant that, that 
gets the whatever it is I locked the the Heimlich remember remove. It reminds me of that time, Chris, you swallowed them 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 uh, uh, vitamin C's that day, and, and I don't know what it was, but my brother jumped up and the chair, the chair went back and he ran outside in the hall, and I don't know what was happening, but we all knew that something wasn't right. I think it might have been Elder Yule or somebody came out to and in the hunya, you know, whatever had whatever went wasn't going down, so I had to come out. I don't know if you've ever choked on something, but that is, is a very scary thing. This child is, is choking, and this nurse saves this child's life. And before they left, the mother goes to the nurse and, the, and is thanking her, and the nurse tells her, the Lord told us, me and my husband, to go to this restaurant today. And from that conversation, the, mother, the wife goes to church and finds God. And when she comes home and, and she's having this conversation with her, with her husband, and, and he gets jealous because she's uh, going after Jesus. And he doesn't quite understand it all, and so he, he sets out to prove her wrong. Sets out to, 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 to find out about this Jesus. And so he goes to one of his friends who was obviously a believer and uh, he asked, you know, if I'm going to do some research about this, this Christianity stuff, where should I start? This is the last part I'm going to tell you. And the co-worker says, well, you got to start at the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Because if that didn't happen, they don't have a leg to stand on. It's such a good movie. Hopefully you go see it. If you go see it, you got my number, hit me up. We can talk about it. I love stuff like that. That cool? It's on Netflix. It's called A, a Case for Christ. A case, and it's actually a true story. All right? So he sets out and he's trying to find out. But, but I think I want to stop right there. Just what he said. If, if, if Jesus was not murdered, buried, and resurrected, then we ain't got nothing to stand on. if he did if what the Bible says is true if it's not just an allegory you know what an allegory is a, a, a story that with, with deeper meaning but it doesn't necessarily have to be true if it's, it's just a metaphor for a good man that we should follow you can choose to believe that if you want or you can choose to believe that what, he did, what happened on the cross is absolutely if it is true, then there is a foundation that we have that is more sure than anything that has ever been said or built ever in life. I believe if a man was able to predict his death and resurrection and pull it off, then maybe we ought to believe what he said. Maybe we ought to believe who he said he was. I'm, I'm under the influence, if you will, that, that what he said about himself was, was exactly the absolute truth. The truth is not a point on a page. But truth is embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. 
If that's the case, then that foundation that happened to him is exactly what we are going to build our foundation on today very quickly. Won't take, take me very long to talk to you about this story or these seven things that we can build our foundation on as we reconstruct, as we renovate this, this temple that the Lord has given to us. And the question is, is your heart worthy of the presence and the purpose of God? Are you, are you making the decisions with your mind and your will and your emotions? Are you, are you making the decisions that would cause God to, to make his home in your life? That family that lived in that house thought that magic was what was going to change their lives. Ah, but I think there might be another idea. Let's talk about really quickly the seven places that Jesus bled. I'm not going to go. I find that there is a world in and of each of these wounds. I could spend an hour on each one just because of the things that I'm finding. So I won't be able to say everything that I need, but I just want to help us to build this, this platform with one statement per wound. That good? You with me? I'll tell you like my brother say. You with me? Say yeah. You with me? Say oh yeah. We'll see if it works, Chris. We're going to see. First, the first place, the first step to build a sure foundation, the blood from Jesus' crown. This gives Jesus dominion over your life so that you can execute his dream for your life. Because Genesis 1, 26 through 28 says, God, going to verse 27, it says, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it or rule over it. Here's what I'm finding, that if you want to rule, have rulership, dominion, authority in the life that God has given you, then the first thing you got to do is you got to give dominion to God. You can't have, you can't execute the decisions and the things that you need to do and be in your life with your job, with your family, with your dreams, with your, with your businesses, with your, with your relationships. You're not going to be able to have the success that you need until you first give, dom give dominion to God. That is, I feel, I think, I want has to become secondary. Because he created you to rule in the earth. He created you to, to subdue your dreams, to conquer them, to accomplish them, to live inside of them. But you are not going to be able to do that if you don't live under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So when Jesus, when they put the crown of thorns on his head, that was him exchanging the crown of jewels that he deserved. When you say yes to Jesus, then you receive his, you, you receive, uh, uh, you submit to his dominion. Uh-huh, we got to start there. If you want to get rid of those strongholds, not just get rid of them, because I think sometimes Christianity stops there. We stop at just getting rid of the negativity. We stop at just stop, just stop sinning right there, right? We, we stop at just want to get out of pain in our hearts. 
We stop right there. We stop at just wanting this emotional anxiety and the stuff that comes over us. We want to get rid. We want to make sure that we have peace, and we stop there. But the Lord has a great and wonderful and mighty and conquering life for you. That's his dream for your life. But you can't conquer it unless you are under the dominion of that king. He designed you to have dominion from the beginning when he created Adam and Eve, second womb, blood from Jesus' brow. This is how we get rid of the curse by saying yes to Jesus. We say, not my will, but yours be done. Matthew 26, 36 through 34. I like Matthew's rendition of it. So interesting. He was there but more than a th stone's throw away from Jesus. But he was there when, he, when Jesus was going through what he went through in the Garden of Gethsemane right before he died. Then Jesus came with, with them to the place of, of called Gethsemane and, and said to his disciples, sit here a while while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter uh, and the two sons of Zebedee and began to grieve and be distressed. And then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved. To the point of death, remain here. Keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Father, look him. We got to find another way. Is that what your Bible say? That's, I think that's what it said right there in verse uh, 39. My father, if it is possible to let this cut pass, uh-huh, translation, look him. Is there another way we can do this? Yet not I as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So, you couldn't even stay up an hour? Is that what your Bible said? You couldn't even stay up praying just, one, just for a second, for a second time. And when he went back, he prayed, My father, look him. Verse 42, do you see it there? Look here. Is there any way we can do this another way? Your will be done. Verse 43, again, he, again, say again. He came and found them sleeping for their eyes were heavy, and he left them again and went away and prayed a what time? A third time. How many of you mothers get tired when you say, can we go into the store? Can I have a Snickers, please? Or you like, you like my mama, before you get out of the car, don't you ask me for nothing. <laughs> Three times the father asks his father, says, can we do this another way? And before the sentence could be done, he immediately answered himself and said, not my will, but yours be done. Track with me. Let's go back to the beginning of time. Adam and Eve in the garden of Gethsemane. Satan brings an opportunity to disobey the father. Because the father gave him gave them one choice. He said, she said, don't eat from the garden, I'm sorry, from the tree of what? Of knowledge of good and evil. That's all you gotta do. He didn't say don't touch it. That's what Eve was like. 
adding stuff. You know, women just be adding stuff, exaggerating, right? She got in trouble. Uh, you, you, oh, he said, bro, that wasn't good. You're not supposed to say that loud. <laughs> that why that why he got that elbow. <laughs> he got that elbow. I'm sorry, man. You know me, my homeboy. Y'all both my homie. <laughs> All right. So 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 they Adam and Eve decide to disobey God. Do you remember? And messed it up for everybody. How many women, women gonna have a conversation with Eve when you get when you get up there? That's what I'm talking about. Well, listen, he had a whole no bunch of other ribs. We could have had a whole other situation if he wouldn't have followed her. But that's a whole other sermon that I'm not going to preach. All right, listen here. So Adam and Eve, they, they disobey God, right? And sin and evil and unrighteousness and wickedness enter the earth through their decision. Am I correct? All right, track with me all the way back to the Garden of Gethsemane where once again, man, the first Adam, was asked one question. Now the second Adam is asked to do something too. He's asked to die in a garden. And it's in that garden that the same opportunity that Adam and Eve had, Jesus had the exact same opportunity, and that was to say no to God. What is the difference between that garden and this garden? Real simple. Not my will, but yours be done. Now you have a choice. You can apply the blood from his brow because Jesus was so upset. He was so nervous. He was so in such distress that, the, that John says his sweat became like blood on his brow. Because in that moment, all of the sin of humanity is put on his back. And he gets the opportunity to do what all of us have to do every day. And that is to say, not my will, but yours be done. And it is the difference between what will happen to us. We can do like Adam did and obey our own flesh and receive the curse and the dead animals in the walls and the mold that makes you sick. Uh-huh. Well, we can say, not my will, but yours be done and get rid of the curse and receive the blessing. What God wants to do through us will require his blessing. It will require something supernatural. If your dreams are, can be done with only you and your energy and your money, then you're dreaming the wrong dream. Because anything God wants to do is always bigger than you, and therefore you need him to execute it. And that is why we got to get rid of the curse so, and walk in the blessing. That's the second thing. I don't know, you still, you still rocking with me? Third thing, blood from his face. So that we can reflect the image of God. So that we can reflect the image of God. Ephesians 2, 10. For we are his workmanship. Created in, G in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared before so that we would walk in them. Listen, reflecting, the, reflecting God is not just about what you see in the mirror. Reflecting God is about accomplishing what he created you for. 
And you cannot create, you cannot accomplish that if you don't see correctly with the proper perspective what you see in the mirror. Feel me? My, I'm sorry. Bishop says that you can only do, you cannot do beyond what you believe about yourself. And that's why we had to demolish the stronghold in order to build up the structure that's going to hit the target is that means we have to get rid of the things that don't reflect Christ because only in him can we accomplish what God has created for us to do. That is why we need to apply the blood from his face so that we can reflect Christ, reflect his character. We're going to talk about that in a second. Third, uh, next thing, blood uh, from Jesus' hands. Man, I forgot to put the scripture on this one. Uh, help me uh, it's the one that talks about training my hands for war it's in Psalms I know it is for authority power and productivity strongholds will tie your hands and make you incapable of accomplishing God's purpose for your life they will tie your hands and, tell, and, and, and keep you uh, stuck stagnant Still, huh? Psalms 144.1. Psalms 144.1. Psalms 144.1. Now you got it, right? What is it? Told you. Blood from his hands is what helps us to free ourselves to actually accomplish that purpose. We're going to build a foundation on which this structure will hit the target then we must free our hands to be busy doing what God created us to do and be. Who told you that being a Christian is just going to make it easy for you to just be just taking a nap and going to church and that was what's going to be it? No, you didn't know that when you said yes to Jesus, you said yes to not only being in a family, but being in an army. You didn't say yes to just being a part of a cool group, but you, you said yes to war. Because the enemy is not okay with your soul being snatched from him. And the, 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 the one thing he needs to do is to, is to keep you stagnant in where you are. If you, if, he, if, he, if, he, if you ever figure out that the power from Jesus' blood frees you to be absolutely successful in everything God created for you to be and do, oh, then you become dangerous. Like Mark Batterson said, he said, the Lord didn't free you to make you comfortable. He freed you to make you dangerous. Blood from his feet. So that you can defeat the enemy by accomplishing your purpose before God. Psalms 119, 105, it says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light to my path. In the beginning, in, um, in once, once Jesus, I'm sorry, once God uh, 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 cursed the enemy, you know how he cursed the enemy? He said, your neck is going to be cracked. And the woman's, the seed of the woman's foot will be bruised. I believe that bruise was there from stomping. Oh, you got to stomp with your, with your mouth like that there. Stomping, it's S-C-H, stomping the enemy's neck. That's why there was a bruise 
because of how, how we destroy the enemy with our feet. How do we do that? By following the path. Strongholds will get you off of the path. If you don't demolish the strongholds, they'll cause your priorities to be all out of whack. And the decisions that you make, you'll find yourself on a ladder up on the wrong building. Have wasted your time and your money, and now you own old Sally Mae, all them thousands of dollars, because you was on the wrong path. But if the Lord's, if the word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path, I know what it is. You were looking way down the path, and you wanted to know what the end, you looked at the end result, and you didn't look at the path. It says that the light is on the path, not on the end, but on the path. Yes, we know what we want God to do, but it's, all, it's not always our way that it's going to happen. That's why his will, his timing, his way has to be good, acceptable, and pleasing. But we don't know that unless we're following the path. It's not about looking way down there. It's about what the next step is. His light is on your feet. So it's about what steps are you supposed to take. Some of us are waiting to know what's down there before we, take the, before we take the leap. But all the Lord wants us to do is obedient to make the step. So the Lord brings, brings uh, 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 um, rails to our path and shows us exactly what we need to do from step to step. That means we have to trust the Lord. Next, blood from Jesus' heart. So that your heart is like Jesus so that your character is a reflection of his character. Luke 8, 15, but the seed, is, the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. Galatians 5, 22 to 23, but the fruit, is there an S on there? No, it ain't, I see fruit of the spirit the fruit of the spirit is all the list not some of the list love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness gentleness self-control against such things there is no law now those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. <laughs> so if you don't have any patience, then you need some old Holy Spirit. If your tongue is sharp and you don't have much gentleness in your speech, then you need some Holy Spirit. If your joy is fleeting and you find yourself that when you're by yourself, you are depressed, it's not that you need a boyfriend. You need some Holy Spirit. I hear you. I said it before. I've been in the bed by myself last 10 years, Jesus. Understand? I get it, but if, if my whole 
joy is coming from a person that I'm a real dependent, I'm sorry, uh, 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 I'm a real dependent person. And I'm not fit to have a healthy marriage because my joy is dependent on a person. It's a lot of lonely married people in the world. because their joy is dependent on a person. But I submit that today you may need a little bit more, say it with me, Holy Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit. That means these things will come from your character, come from your personality, because you have been in the presence of God. When you're in the presence of God on a consistent basis, then those, the, these characteristics end up building so much so that it spills over into your very personality. Maybe that relationship hadn't changed because you have not changed. Maybe you pointing the finger about what they ain't and what, you, what they should have did and what they did, but you, but you haven't taken the time to look at the things in your heart where you need some more Holy Spirit. Because when you get the Holy Spirit inside you, the the fruit thereof is a changing even of your personality, which you're so loyal to. But like we learned a couple weeks ago, like my big bro said, we have been loyal to immature behavior. And it's time for us to grow up. Turn somebody look square in the face. You don't want to hear it from me. Tell somebody, say, it's time for you to grow up. They ain't like you. Turn somebody else look square in the face. Say, it's time for you to grow up. Uh-huh. Last thing, blood from Jesus' body. It said, so that I can be forgiven and forgive, be cleansed, sanctified and justified. Psalms 1, 7, and, uh, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I'm sorry, did the Bible just say that the way we get cleansed is by being connected to one another? I'm sorry, did that, that what your first John 4, 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he himself is, we walk in the light as he is in light. We have what? Fellowship with what? One another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Be disconnected if you want to. You you find yourself with a stronghold because you have disconnected yourself from the body. I'm sorry, iron sharpens iron. And when iron sharpens iron, it doesn't feel good. When iron sharpens iron, it is to carve out the sharpness of the iron that's supposed to be able to, 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 to accomplish something specific. But if you're not sharp, that means you have to get with someone else who can, I'm telling you, your blind sides will hurt you, sweetheart. What you don't know today will kill you. (laughs) It will kill you. Some of y'all really do need to go to get checked. Yeah, like go to the clinic and get checked. 
Because what you don't know can kill you. In the same way, it is like that in the spirit. That's why we have to be in one another's company. Oh, you, you know, that was right what you said, but how you said that, yo? You may want to change that a little bit. Or you know what? I've seen you sit further and further in the back these last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen you not walk in church until 11 o'clock. What? Is it, are you all right? Or when I was in your company last week, I watched you be a very bad example. I watched your life be a very bad example in, the, in, the, in front of your friends. Are you still a Christian? We don't find those things out until we get into each other's company and invite each other into our lives. But I get that's why you don't. Because then you'll be exposed. The idea is not for you to be condemned. The idea is for you to change. The idea is for you to be to be carved into the, the vessel that God created for you to be. And that means we have to be cleansed. It means we need to be forgiven. We need to be redeemed. I love uh, Ephesians 1, 7. It says, in him we, are re- we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses uh, according to the richness of his grace. Redemption, that means we were bought. As in the Lord paid for us. And it wasn't enough money. I don't know if you've ever, sm- have you ever smelled a dollar or a, a money? It, to me, it smells like blood. Yeah, to me, it does. I don't know why, but for some reason, for me, it, it, if you, I'm not, somebody taking out a, a dollar real quick. <laughs> I love you. I love you for that. I promise you, to me, it, it, it kind of smells like blood to me. Um, but here's all of that to say that money could not, you are too precious. You are too great. You have the type of destiny that is so big that right now we can only be held within the confines of your imagination. And it, money was not enough to pay for it. The only thing, the only thing that was worthy to pay for you was the innocent blood of Jesus. And then he does it without your permission. He's, uh, in Romans, Paul says, uh, 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 he did this before you could ever say yes. Before, while you were yet in your sin, he pays for you. If you really want to hit the target. Because today I'm not, I don't want, it's not a, I'm, guilt is not my motive. That makes sense to you? Condemnation is not my motive. Advancement is. Movement is. Acceleration is. Change is. Growth is. Multiplication is. That is my motive. Because God has created us for greatness, Metro. But that means we need to act like we're great. And greatness will cost you. It will cost you what needed to be renovated. You cannot stay in this place any longer. It's time for us to move beyond where we are. That means you're going to have to do something you ain't never did. 
you've never done. You're going to have to do something else. And now is the time for you to make sure that your heart is renovated. I don't know if you about you, but I, I'm, I, if I were that family, I would, you know, they needed a different contractor. My God. Dozens, like just two dozen is, is enough, but <laughs> dozens of dead carcasses that have been there for, for tens of years, and they never would have known it if they didn't renovate. Metro is in the middle of a renovation. Stevie Wonder said it. Skeletons in your closet. You should have come outside. Today is about moving forward. Because I think it's, 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 it's one thing to go back and to deal with the things that, that the Lord is not pleased with. It's one thing to say yes to the Lord. To me, saying yes to the Lord, becoming a Christian is the least of this life. I want everything. I want everything that God designed for my life. I want every single thing. I don't want to live beneath what God designed for me. And that means you're going to have to change contractors. You're going to have to quit doing it by yourself. You're going to have to decide that I know it's uncomfortable and it's not like everybody else, but if this is the place God created you, called you to be, then we're going to have to follow what the father and the bishop of this house says to do. That means a recommitment to being connected so that we're not just cleansed, we're not just free, we're not just delivered, but that we're accomplishing all that God created for us to do and be. It's not just about you making money and being comfortable. It's about you leaving a mark on this city, on this world, for the kingdom of God. And now we have to make a decision about what we want to do. Decision about going forward. Committed that no matter how difficult, that since Jesus was willing to pay his blood, that I'm going to be willing to give my life. Since Jesus was willing to give his, his life, that I'm going to be willing to give my time. Over these next couple of weeks, all of the men of Metro are going to be with Bishop Johnson and his team at 8 a.m. Say 8 a.m. And at the same time, all of the women of Metro are going to be with Lady Carolyn and her team at 8 a.m. on Sunday morning. Say 8 a.m. That's all the men and all the women. And the reason why we're doing this is so that we can be put back on the page and accomplish what God has created for us to do and be. And the crazy thing is, we can't do it. You can't do it, you and your family, me and mine, and that's all, it, it got to be this us against the world. That's that foolishness. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen somebody try to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps? You destined to bust your head. It's time for us to reconnect to what God designed for our lives and to commit to God, to our pastor, and to each other. That we're not going to get away from this life without having accomplished what God created for us to do and be. That's what I'd like for us to do is to commit to God that I'm going to build this foundation 
the foundation of my life on the power of your blood because it is on that foundation that nothing will fail. That failure is not an option. And I'm excited about what God will do. Don't quite know what else to do, Dad. Well, time for us to make the commitment. Some of us last week we came to, to we came to the altar because we wanted to make sure that we demolished everything that was not like God. Um, you know me, I'm I'm a I'm more of a uh, I hate to say this, say it this way, more of a realist. Coming to the altar is the easy part. That I mean, you got to go home and do the thing, right? So um, I don't I don't know what you want to do, Bishop, but at least those of you who at least want and are willing to commit to the Lord like he committed to you. As in, you got to be all in. We're going to go there in a couple weeks. And you want to commit anew. As in, refresh your commitment. Refresh your commitment three places. To God, to our pastors, and... <laughs> To God, to our pastors, and to each other. To God, to our pastors, and to each other. So don't get salty when I call you and say, you should have been here this morning at 8 o'clock. Don't get salty when your homeboy call you and be like, yo, I'll see you next week, right? Because iron sharpens iron. And the idea is that we hit the target. If you want to recommit, make a fresh commitment to the Lord, to our pastors, and to each other. To be all in, that is, with your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, with your finances, with your time, with your agenda, with your what, what the Lord has given you. I just really quickly, I just want you to stand to your feet real quickly. Don't, don't worry, we're not going to love you any different if you don't want to stand up. That's all right, but we know what it is. If you will, stand to your feet. Committing new, newly to the Lord, to our church, sorry, to our pastors, and to each other. That you know what I haven't. Some of you have already. Others of you need to recommit. Like you haven't been very. It hasn't been very good. This recommitment, saying you know what I am going. I'm I'm going to say yes to Jesus, like He said yes to His Father. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna be all in this time. I'm gonna make sure that everything is demolished, and now I'm gonna build my life on this foundation that we find ourselves on the blood of Jesus. Father, you see our lives. You see our commitment. You see the, the, the painstaking effort that it's going to take for us to do it. You see what it will cost us in terms of money and time and energy and emotion and thought that it would be for us to commit to you. But, Lord, that is nothing compared to what you did for us on the cross. And so, Lord, we follow your footsteps as you are a light to this path. And we decide that you are our Lord and you called us to this church, to this calling, to this purpose, to this journey, with this body of people. And because you called this body of people to walk this particular way, we decide to do it your way. And we will submit, as in we agree that we will be dedicated to you, dedicated to our pastors, and dedicated to each other as we are molded into the vessel that is worthy of your presence and your purpose. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.